This is a download from London's LBC 97.3. The three-hour, four-till-seven Ian Lee afternoon wireless show. Well, there you go, watching Sky News and they're having people texting in. Steve Allen's texting in, LBC's very own Steve Allen, who I believe um, was uh, on excellent form last night at the party. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he was an excellent form. I didn't really speak to him. I saw, I saw him briefly. He was coming out of the toilet, that's all. Um, we're having a fag break in a couple of minutes. If you fancy a smoke, we're going to kind of put the show on hold a little bit, play a little bit of music. It won't be gadang-gadang. You won't be missing that. Uh, and you can go out and have a quick smoke. Before we do that, though, can we go... Oh, let's go to Barry in the Watford. Hello, Barry. Uh, oh, you oh, cheeky. Well, hang on a minute. Um, in a while, alligator. Uh, crocodile. That's... No, it's a, a different Sorry. one. No. Um, how are you? I'm, I, I'm very, very tired, Barry. It was the works drinks last, last night. Yes. I'm exhausted, and I'm going to go home, I'm going to watch Space Cadets, and I'm going to go to bed. Good on you. Thank you, sir. How Good are you? On... Are you all right? Well, I've been all right. I've, I've done my fair share of boozing. <laughs> um, I I've don't know. I've been out for my works, too, and I'm retired every night. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good lad. Um, yes, but... Um, have I you called just... in for something, Barry? What's that? I say, have you called in for something? Well, uh, yes, the usual nonsense. I was just phoning an update on my Margaret's clairvoyancy. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. You, you mentioned this, uh, and you yes. want... You, she's... she's Now, is she the clairvoyant, or does she know one? No, she actually is one. She does it. She's on a hotline to saying, I'll tell you, I mean, I, the only... I, I don't know, she might be a bit of a fraud. I come in the other night. Yes. And she's going... Uh, I said, what's that all over the floor? And she said, it's ectoplasm. I know cauliflower cheese when I see it. I said, you've had too many bazooka limes. You know, she, <laughs> she had someone, she had one of my neighbours, Sarah Ashton, round uh, to do, um, like, you know, the Ouija board. Oh, you shouldn't mess with the Ouija board. British, and I said, it's a miracle you can put the glass down, take it away from your lips, you silly man. <laughs> she likes, likes a drink, does she? Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh, my God. But I've got to tell you, it was absolutely extraordinary. Well, what happened? Well, I'll take it all back. It was unbelievable. She only contacted the ghost of David Essex. I said it was a smell of damp denim in the air. What? David Essex? He's not dead, though. I beg your pardon? David Essex is not dead. He's going to be in EastEnders soon. Rock rock, rock on. Mayor, I thought... I thought it was too good to be... T- uh, yeah, so she was saying she was talking to David Essex. Well, it all turns out it's like the bankum. Uh, yes, it I is. won't believe another word of it. I've got to say, we, we didn't have anybody text or email in with requests for your Margaret contacting their well, dead. They needn't bother. She's a fraud. <laughs> She's a blooming fraud. I mean, I'll see where she can conjure anything else up, but, yeah. you know... Whoever next. Well, exactly. We'll see. Barry, listen, we've got to make a move. We've got to, do you smoke? Uh, well, yes, occasionally. Well, listen, we're going to have a fag break now. Go and spark one up for us. Uh, all right, thank you. Take care, Barry. God bless. God bless. No, no. No, no. Bye-bye. Excellent stuff. Time for a fag break. Although we're under strict, strict instructions from Heather Jingles. If the fag break is longer than 30 seconds, he'll be up to sort us out. It's almost worth. Listen, if you want a cigarette, pop out now. Pop out now. Have a quick cigarette. This is for you. They're all standing outside now, on the steps. Is it? It's cold. Go on, offer your fags around. Don't be tight. I kind of wish I smoked now, because I could nip out the back and I could, I could legitimately have a fag. 
Plus, it's bad for you and it kills you, but that's, that's, that's almost, almost irrelevant. If you just tuned in, you're listening to the three-hour, four to seven, Ian Lee afternoon Wiley show on London's LBC 97.3. There's 30 seconds. Let's see if Heather Jingles is, lives up to his threat. He won't be up. He hasn't, he hasn't got what it takes to come up here and challenge us. Oh, 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 oh there we go. The time's up, time's up, time's up. Okay, come back. Hello, Heather. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Excellent stuff. Well done. I think that was exactly 30 seconds we ended there, so thank you for the, 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 the tip off there. Crikey, I'm in trouble there. Wow. It's a nice shirt you're wearing. Excellent, well done. You, you, you can talk to us, I think. Can I? Yes, you can. I don't think I want to talk to you, though. Oh, cheeky sound, sir. Did you, have, did, you, were you, did you have a good time at the party last night? Well, I can't hear what you're saying, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. Did you have a nice time at the drinks last night? Yes, I did. You say I... that in a confused way, almost <laughs> as if you don't remember. Well, I, it was a bit of a haze. <laughs> but, uh... It was nice they'd rented a little corridor for us to stand in, wasn't it? It that was, was very nice, That was very yes. nice, but we had a I don't think time. I liked being, uh, being chosen as the dame, though. No, well, no, you, you won the prize. Is the best. I, I won, did. I won a rather rude prize, which I find in, inappropriate and probably shouldn't even mention on the no, radio. No, I don't think you should, actually. Nice to see you, Heather. Excellent stuff. And come back. You've finished your smokes. Well done. We're doing our best to keep London healthy. <laughs> I think it's get a hard time, smokers. I don't think it's fair. Yvonne is in the Barnet. Hello, Yvonne. Oh, hi, Ian. How are you today? I'm kind of uh, doing the laziest show I I've know. ever done. I mean, do you know what? I think I'm just about getting away with it. <laughs> just by today, the skin of my teeth. Lost and found. Oh, yeah, go on. Now, now what, tell me your story. OK, well, look, I, I do a survey every year for one of my clients. Obviously, I won't mention the name. You do a survey? A survey, yeah, with taxi drivers to find out what they find at the back of their taxi. Oh, nice one. And, nice. um, because um, um, we want to find out, obviously, what, what they find at the back of the taxi. That's, I guess that's why you do the survey, survey about what they find at um, the back of the taxi. And yeah. we found last year, in the last six months, mm. the 56,000 mobile phones have been left in the back of black London taxi drivers. Wow, in one car? No, you know what I mean. In, in, in all of uh, over yeah. the year, over the year, okay. No, over six months, fifty-six thousand. And you talk about prosthetics. They have um, a lot of prosthetics left at the back of taxis. Like the, the fake legs and arms and things. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's exactly what I mean. You and wouldn't notice if you'd left a leg behind, wouldn't no, you? I asked that very question myself, and fifty thousand pounds worth of cash, and wow. a bag full of diamonds in Hatton Garden. Oh, and sweet home Alabama! I'll have some of that. <laughs> And a little goldfish, and a couple of kids, babies in their, you know, seats. Oh uh, well, no, I could understand how you could you could forget babies if you've just had them and you're not used to carrying them around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's you could right. quite easily leave them behind. Now, do these cab drivers keep these things as booty? Are they allowed no, to legally that, keep that, them? That's, no, that's the duty of taxi drivers. I'm sure you've got an awful lot that uh, listen. To Unfortunately, you yes. And you will find that our London taxi drivers are the most. They, may we, may we, may we, uh, Yvonne, may we just uh, take as a nation. As a, as a city, because it's local radio. May we just take a moment? Everyone, raise your right hand to your, your uh, forehead, and we salute the black cab, cab drivers of old Londinium time. They're some of the greatest cab drivers in the world, apart from the ones in New York, who are much better. Uh, where do these? If I lost something in the back of a cab, where would I go? Is there a central office where I can get all this stuff back? Yeah. Well, that's, that's that answer, then. That's an excellent... Uh, as long as we know that. 0870 We are asking... By the way, we're still taking calls on the, the, the second thing you do when you get to work. Um, also, the, the, by cyclists, the cyclists seem not to have bothered to call in. I think they, they're running scared because, you know, you are all losers who should not be on the roads. Um, and lost and found. What have you found? And what have you kept? I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about money. Have you found... Uh, we've all found umbrellas, haven't we? 
I found a hat once that was a really nice hat, but I think it's unhygienic to wear another man's hat. I genuinely think there's something wrong with putting another man's hat on your head. It, it, flat cap in the toilets at Charing Cross? What are you doing? Well, having a way, I suppose. Um, and do you take things to lost property? 0870 Joe is in the Harlow. Hello, Joe. Hello. Hello, Joe. You're right. Yes, fine, thank you. I found a hat and I kept it and oh. I wore it on my head. I've just realised when you were... Uh, Where did you wear it? On your head? On my head. I found it in Wales. It was made of wool and it was stripy and it was very sweet. Oh. And it was cold in Wales, so, so I wore it on my head. I, I think it's different for ladies, cause, but men have more product in their hair than ladies. And I think uh, that transfers to the rim of the cap. It did smell like a kind of woolly sheep, but um, nice. I wore it for a while, kept my head warm. Nice one. Then got rid of it and then moved, yeah, moved on. Good work. I um I left my purse in a big supermarket, yes. and I'm not allowed to mention who they are, although you were allowed to mention who they were, so it's the same one that you left your scarf. Well, you, it's Tesco. You've done it again, Joe. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't make... It. No, but the rules are. the rule, Let me explain the rules. If you're going to say something nice about a shop, you can mention it. If you're going to slag it off, you can't. But also, you can't hint at what it is, because it's um, virtually the same as saying Tesco. Well, I'm going to say something very nice about Well, then, please carry Tesco's. on. Let's keep our fingers um, crossed that you do. If you... Ring yes. live on the air to yes. that Tesco, to yes. their service desk. Sounds like a prank. You ask them. Yes. They will tell you they've got the scarf and you can get it back. How? No, this is. How do you know that they they will have my scarf? I'm absolutely sure. Really? Well, if somebody handed my person with all my credit card, and petrol card, and all my cash, yeah, who would want to keep your manky old scarf? Well, so, uh, a, a stalker who maybe wants to do voodoo with it. It's, it is possible to do voodoo with a scarf. I with think. With a scarf? I think so, because part of my DNA is on it. I've imprinted my DNA on it one night. Is it a fat scarf or a thin scarf? I'm not. I'm not saying because then everyone's going to phone up the Tesco and say, "Oh, I, l- I left. Uh, I left my scarf there, and it's a fat scarf or a, or a thin scarf, and uh, I want it back." So I, I... you should phone up in that voice yes. and ask for your scarf. But then when I t- oh. Joe, jo, I, I made that. I won't do it on the air because it's a little bit too prankish. But uh, maybe I should give them a call. Maybe. Uh, maybe I won't. I don't know. Maybe I should. I was going to call the other day. I was determined, but then I bottled out. Four hundred meters. Two. LBC 97.3 presenters, one champion, Judgment Day, only on London's LBC 97.3. After all the hype, this is where the talking ends and the action begins. Two titans of the track test their metal and what's being billed as the race of the century. I went and looked at the football pitch that we're running around today. Yesterday I was all nervous. I have won this race. <laughs> this race is in the bag. The bag has been tied up and put out with the rubbish. It was collected on Tuesday. If it looks like he's going to beat me, then just as it's reaching the point where he's pulling away, I'm going to suggest, do you remember the first London marathon? Where they crossed the line holding hands? Now, I don't want him getting the wrong idea. I've already been a bit concerned about some of his stalker-esque behaviour. That would be quite a good way of disguising the fact that he whooped me. They've talked the talk. Can they now run the run? According to the fans, it's anyone's race. I think James has got just a little bit more focus. As you know, he's preparing to become a father. And there's just a bit more gutsy and just a bit more dedication behind his voice. But I do think Ian Lee's going to whoop him. I'm Christian. I'm backing James O'Brien 100%. My money is firmly on the man with the man boobs because it's not a sprint. Once James gets going thundering down that racetrack like a jab of the hut of radio, he's going to overtake the no stamina Ian Lee. Go on, James. Come on, my son. I'm John Cushing with coverage of James O'Brien versus Ian Lee, exclusively live on London's LBC 97.3.
Well, since the beginning of time, men have challenged men from David to Goliath, William and Harold, Cromwell and Charles, and Blair and Brown. The rivalry between two LBC presenters, though, has also been growing in recent weeks. So much so, a challenge was laid down. It was that on Monday, December 12th, 2005, bitter enemies and daytime rivals James O'Brien and Ian Lee of mid-morning and evening fame would stage a running race. Yes, no arm wrestling or boxing or rowing for these two 30-something men, just a running race, now dubbed the race of the century. Good morning, I'm John Cushing, LBC 97.3 Sports Editor. It's my job this morning to bring you the whys, wherefores and results of this greatest of challenges. Before we reacquaint ourselves with the two budding Linford Christies, here are the rules. Whoever wins is the greatest and can brag on LBC forevermore. Whoever loses is indeed the loser. As in the boat race, to be second is to be last. It's a 400-metre race around a football pitch here at the Westway Sports Centre. It starts when I say, oh, sorry, around 11.40, and the race of the century sees O'Brien against Lee, side by side, man to man. And remember, there is only one winner. Here's how they line up this morning. James O'Brien, he's a 33-year-old from... From Kidderminster, uh, he's six foot one and uh, a rather heavy 13 stone. <laughs> I hope this isn't an omen either. He supports Nottingham Forest, who are frankly not very good. Ian Lee is age 32. He's from Slough. Uh, he's six foot four, so taller than James and lighter than James as well, 12 stone. However, he is a glory, glory boy. He supports the Chelsea. Uh, on, the, the 400 metres fastest ever time in the world was by Michael Johnson in 1999. It was 43.18 seconds in Seville. Will O'Brien or Lee get anywhere near that this morning? We will be finding out. Let's hear what some of the fans have to say uh, in the stands this morning. It's Paul Sylvester. Thank you, John. OK, we've got both sets of fans with us here this <laughs> morning as James uh, comes on to the track at the moment. Let's talk to the James O'Brien fans first. Uh, Natalie Bailey and Joanne Webb from our Travel Centre. Girls, who are you supporting? Obviously James. Definitely James. OK, why, why are you supporting James? Well, John just said that he's 13 stone, but he's 13 stone of pure muscle. Forget Ian Lee, he's tall and lanky. Never going to beat him. OK, so your money is on James O'Brien. I see also you've come a bit with a psycho sign. What does your sign say, girls? Go James! Go James! You can make up your own mind about that. Let's go to the other side of the track now. Susie Pote and Ben Taylor, your Ian Lee fans. Tell me why you're supporting Ian. Well, Ian is a fine specimen of a man. Look how long his legs are. He is going to be able to sprint around the pitch, no problem at all. And look at James, short and stumpy. OK, Susie, why Ian? Ian Lee, he feels the need for speed. Look at those legs. He's going to power around the track. He's, he's just a human viral refill, as Paul Ross Ian, to win! <laughs> Ian, to okay, win! OK, so as you can hear, JC, the rivalry is absolutely huge, not just on the track, but trackside as well. Both competitors are here. John, have a chat with them. Yeah, three minutes away from the big race now. The uh, trousers have come off. Fortunately, James O'Brien has shorts on. Uh, James, uh, how are you uh, prepared for today's race? Uh, focus, focus. Can you mind focus. not hopping? Because I can't focus. hear you. I do my warm-up exercises, oh, Daisy. I, I've, 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 I've changed my diet. I consumed this weekend mostly red wine. <laughs> and uh, and I, I think it's all about mental strength. M mental strength. Have you got any? And running fast. And running that's fast. That's amazing. Uh, Ian Lee, uh, in danger of tripping over his own tongue. That is what I'm hoping. Uh, can you respond to that, Mr Lee? Yeah, I really need a wee. I've totally mistimed my toilet breaks, and this is going to make it very, very yes. uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, and there's Paula a lot... Ratcliffe tactic. Yeah, right, we don't want any oh, of that Paula Ratcliffe thing. I'm not one of your callers, James. Let me get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
there's a lot more people here than we were expecting. This is perhaps the worst idea ever, I think. <laughs> now, you were, uh, I think, a former county runner. Yeah, that, that's true, John. 17 years ago, for God's <laughs> sakes. And you know what? It turns out I can't run very fast or very long at all now. I'm 32 years old. So, uh, yeah, very, very bad. James, are you worried by his uh, former form in uh, these 400 I, metres? I am here to prove... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's two of you this morning, I think. I, I'm, here, I'm here to prove that winning isn't everything. It's the only thing! No, no, no. Well, exactly. Because to, to be second is to be last, of course. Yes. Well, well yes. And that's what you need to remember. Yes. Yeah, I'm getting a bit genuinely scared now, John. I'm trying to do the whole... In fact, I think I speak for both of us here, Ian. I'm trying to do the boyish banter. What a bit of fun, what a great idea. I, I, this is possibly the stupidest thing I've ever... Sounds ever... like loser talking to me. Oh, I call my bluff. It's, it's 400 metres. It's, it's all the way around a football pitch, which is actually quite far. Yeah, well spotted. Yeah. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I thought it was a little mini five-a-side pitch. Yeah, like, so did I. Like the two, the, the, you know, when they play sideways across a football pitch. I, but no, it's the whole football pitch. OK, we'll let, we'll let James go. Ian, one more word. Yes, sir. You've been here for the last 20 minutes warming yeah. up. Yes. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Bring it on, O'Brien. You may have a moon face, but you'll lose the race when I set the pace. I'm ace. I've run out, I think I've run out of rhymes. Thank you very much. Uh, it is Ian Lee and James O'Brien uh, this morning, exclusively live on LBC 97.3. They will be running around 400 metres, uh, right round the football pitch, basically. Uh, they will not be cutting corners. We don't want any cheating. I think we're about to go. Uh, we're going to start them bang on 11.40 uh, this morning. We're five seconds away to Paul Sylvester, the official starter. OK, James, are you ready? Ian, are you ready? Are the crowd ready? On your marks, get set, go! And they're underway. It's a good start from Ian Lee this, uh, this morning. He's coming down the first bit of the football pitch, the first half, about to turn the first corner, and they're round the first corner. Lee in front. James O'Brien is struggling. He really is struggling. He's just about a metre behind Ian Lee this morning as they come to the second turn, and Lee still out in front. Lee, the boy from Slough, he's six foot four and 12 stone, and he's carrying those 12 stone with ease as they cross the halfway line uh, this morning. And it's Ian Lee, way, making it two metres in front of James. James O'Brien, who really is struggling. The 13-stone Kidderminster lad is out of breath and struggling. I don't think he's going to be able to finish this race as Lee is now sprinting ahead. We come to the last corner. It's Ian Lee. He's got 30 metres to go. Ian Lee's already celebrating with his arms in the air. His arms are in the air. He crosses. No, he's waiting before we get to the finish line. He's across the finish line. How many seconds was that? 54 seconds, and James O'Brien comes across the line as well and they look absolutely shattered uh, we will uh, let them uh, grab their breath very very quickly uh, the victorious winner was Ian Lee it has been noted let's get a quick fan reaction before we speak to the runners Ben and Susie, you supported the winning team. What did you think to his performance? What an amazing performance. Left James totally behind him. James proved that he is a, a fat slow coach. I think he didn't really open his legs and showed his class there. I, I think that's one way of putting it, Susie. Uh, Natalie and, uh, and Joanne, obviously, you supported the losing sides. Yeah, but he's definitely still number one. There's going to have to be a rematch, definitely, because I think there might be a little bit of cheating there. Yeah. OK, Natalie, what did you think? James is the real man out of the two. OK, so divided uh, amongst the fans here, John. They want a rematch. That must be the first question you put to these guys. Well, here we go. Uh, the winner is here. Ian Lee, how does that feel? Winner. Uh, it, was good. it was so good I managed to moonwalk the last ten metres. Do I get a prize for that? It was very impressive. I thought you were going to wait for him. <laughs> 
He was so far behind. There are people up there listening in the windows. They were shouting abuse at I think they were listening. They were shouting abuse at us. Anyway, I think I might be a little bit sick. Is that allowed? Uh, you can go and do that in the private of your own uh, studio. Uh, James O'Brien is the loser. Yeah. I, I didn't realise we were taking it all so seriously. <laughs> it's a race, James. It's a race. It's yes. It's fun, you know. Everyone's had a nice day out on a month. I think I'm going to vomit beetroot. <laughs> uh, James, did the weight uh, trouble you? Are you carrying too much? <laughs> I'm in pretty good nick. I've got my Bully Bullseye T-shirt on. I didn't used to be able to get into this. But yes, I think I, I was never really in it, if I'm honest. No. He showed me he, a clean he was a meter, He was a metre out after the start. It's very misleading when your legs are that long. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, because uh, I didn't think he was moving that quickly. Because like, he wasn't. It's a, there was a brilliant bit halfway round. Yes, I saw that. You spurted. When James started catching me up, and I thought, I'm not having this, I've got a bit going. So I spurted. And he just went, oh, you LBC, come back. That was it. I realised then that, that it was game over, and probably we should have confined the challenge to Xbox-based entertainment. Am I Olympic standard? Because yeah. I, I could have got a bronze. It was, in the it was 54 seconds around that. World which, record nearly, come on. About 11 seconds slower than Michael Johnson. I, I don't think that's, that's too bad. bad it? So it, this, this was well, a one-off, was it? Ian's producer did it in 60 seconds. In Agent his, Chris. In his jeans and uh, Agent Mitch, as I've always known him. Can <laughs> <laughs> you get him to come around your house and move a statue? <laughs> <laughs> he did it in 60 seconds in a three-piece suit, so I don't think the time is that impressive. So, is this a one-off? Are we going to have yes. a rematch? It's going to be the best no, of three. It's going to be annual, except I don't think I'll be here next year. No, uh, but if either. we are, it's going to be an annual fact, event. I will be surprised if either of us are still employed in any way, shape or form by Thursday. <laughs> Terrible. And, and the, uh, the London 2012 Olympics, are you up for that? Or? I, was, I was dead against it, but now I think I might stand a chance at winning something. <laughs> Hello, athletes. Uh, and can I just say to all of James O'Brien's listeners, you love a loser! Loser! Oh, Thank you, Ian Lee, the winner. He's a good lad, he's a good lad. <laughs> and James O'Brien, the loser. Yeah, well, well done. I'm still smiling, John, I'm still smiling, mate. Still your show. This is, this is for people everywhere who consider that taking part is more important than winning. Thank you for listening to this download from London's LBC 97.3. 